Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Come on, sing this out. Because Jesus faded all, and all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Jesus, we're all gathered together here tonight to remember what you've done for us on this cross. And even though it was many, many years ago, we still gather because we want to remember all of what you suffered and how you gave your life because you loved us, because you loved the world that you created. And so we come together tonight Jesus, to remember you and to honor you and to sing praise to you and to cry over you and to be reminded of the way that you defined love on this cross. Thank you for all that you have done for us and may our worship be pleasing to you tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you here tonight. This is a new worship experience for Mill City Church on Good Friday. And so I want to explain to you a little bit of how it will work so you know how to participate. We are going to have, uh, we're going to listen to the seven different sayings of Jesus as he was on the cross tonight. And we're going to respond to them with worship songs intermittently as we go. And I'm going to help narrate the story as we listen to the saying, so you can remember what was happening, and uh, we can all be reminded of the importance of what Jesus accomplished through his death on the cross. I want to start by introducing these sayings of Jesus that have to do with his desire to forgive us. As he is on the cross, he wants to say to the very people who have put him on the cross, Forgive them, 
because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus wants desperately to communicate as he's dying on this cross that he's doing it not only so that his friends will be forgiven and set free from the sins that weigh them down, from the mistakes that haunt them, from the ways in which they know they've walked away or turned away from God and God's will in their life, but also for his enemies. Jesus wants forgiveness for his enemies, for the people who are persecuting him, for the people who hate him, who've threatened him, who've been trying to figure out how to kill him for the last weeks and months, who want every person who's followed him and associated with him to be thrown in jail or killed or thrown out of the country. For those people on this night, Jesus is concerned about their forgiveness. And so maybe tonight as you come to a Good Friday worship time, you feel like you need to be forgiven. That you need a fresh sense that God is not holding your mistakes against you. That God does not see you through the things that you've done wrong in your life. If so, Jesus offers you forgiveness. And maybe you're here tonight and you know that you need to forgive your enemies. People who have been set against you. And you may need the reminder that in the midst of his horrible death and suffering, Jesus was concerned to offer forgiveness for the very people who were oppressing him and killing him. And so as we start tonight, we will, we will hear the first two of the seven last sayings of Jesus. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise.
moment, here's your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. Mary was just a teenager when she found out she was pregnant with Jesus, and his birth had many unique parts to it. She had shepherds coming to her, telling her about hosts of angels announcing his birth in the sky. She hosted kings who had traveled following a star to give homage to the new king who was born. And then shortly after that, her and her husband had to run for their lives because a political leader was afraid that a king who would take his place had been born and wanted to kill him. And so even at his birth or shortly after his birth, Jesus' life was in jeopardy and his family became refugees and had to live in exile for a number of years until the threat against their life was gone. And then they returned home, and there's a whole chunk of time between when Jesus was a toddler and when he began his ministry sometime around age 30 that we have very few details about, except for the fact that during that whole period of time, we know that Mary was his mom. She cooked for him. She held him when he got hurt. She taught him. She cared for him. She watched him grow up. She tracked him down when he abandoned them and went to the temple on one trip. She watched him become a carpenter. She lost her husband before Jesus began his public ministry, so she was a widow. And in those times, to be a widow meant that you didn't know how you were going to make it economically, how you were going to support yourself. And the way that you depended the way that, most likely way you were going to move forward would be to depend upon your oldest son. And so in this moment, we see Mary at the foot of the cross in a spot that no mom would ever want to be in. Probably a moment that Mary feared might happen, knowing all the events that led up to it. And her heart is completely broken as she watches her son being killed as if he was a criminal, knowing he hadn't done anything wrong. Her heart is broken, and at that point in the story, there is no Easter Sunday. She doesn't know that that moment is coming, and she's overwhelmed with sorrow. And in the midst of his suffering, Jesus sees his mom, and he's concerned for her. And he knows that because he's the eldest son, not only will she be heartbroken over his death, but it's uncertain how she'll be cared for. And so in that moment, in this saying that we just heard, he looks down at his mom and he says, woman, which is not a, um, not a way to speak to her with any disrespect. It's actually full of respect in that time. He says, look at this disciple of mine, John, and now he is your son. And John, look at my mom, Mary. 
Now she's your mom. And the scripture tells us that John took Mary into her home from that day forward and made sure that she was cared for. In the midst of Jesus' suffering, he's forming a new family among his followers and among his blood relatives. But Mary's pain had to be so deep that night. And even though we know that Sunday is coming, for many of you, you may have walked into this room with some really deep pain in your life. For things that happened in this last year or from things that happened long ago or for things that happened this last week. One of the things that we learned from this night, the Good Friday night when Jesus was killed, is that in the midst of our deepest pain, the hardest things in our lives, Jesus is still with us. We don't have a God who has been kept from suffering. Instead, we have a suffering God. One who entered into the deepest possible pains of the human experience so that he could understand what we go through. And so maybe tonight, what you need to know, what you need to feel, is that Jesus is with you, even in the midst of your pain, and even if it doesn't feel like there is a Sunday coming in that moment. And so we're going to sing a song that Ashish wrote a while back that is aimed at helping us to sing uh, in the midst of those kinds of periods of pain, affirming that we know that Jesus understands that kind of suffering because he has suffered for us. Baby 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was arrested because one of the people he trusted the most betrayed him and turned him over to the authorities. He was tried by Pilate, the Roman governor, and 
pilot couldn't find anything to, to charge him with, and so he decided to have him beaten to try to keep the mob and the crowd happy. But the beating that Jesus received wasn't enough for them, and Pilate had to condemn Jesus to death in order to save face with the crowd. And so Jesus, after suffering already, had to carry this heavy cross up to the hill called Golgotha. And he couldn't make it. He fell down because he was so weak and he had to be helped to even make it up to the hill. And then he was crucified on a cross next to two criminals. And it probably took about six hours for him to die. I find it hard to even review these details. Because it's hard to imagine what it would have been like to see a person that you loved so much, suffering so much, knowing they had done absolutely nothing wrong and didn't deserve any of it. Jesus experienced severe physical pain, including desperate thirst during this crucifixion. His body was broken. And yet the thing that he articulates in these last two sayings is that he feels separated from his father. He's quoting Psalm 22 there, which talks about feeling separated from God and wondering why the God of the universe won't come to rescue you when you're in desperate need. That's what the psalm says. Jesus quotes this first verse of the psalm when he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Trying to express what he's feeling in that moment, not just physical pain and suffering, but for the first time in his life, some kind of relational separation from his father, from his dad. He doesn't even know what it's like to not feel his presence. And in some ways, the physical suffering is nothing compared to the spiritual separation from the father as Jesus is searching the sky for any evidence that the father is still with him. And yet Jesus went through both this physical pain and this spiritual separation from the Father, not because he had done anything wrong, but because he wanted to make a way for those who have faith in him to not have to experience the same sort of separation from God that he did. To make a way by becoming the truth and the way and the life for those who trust him, that his suffering means that we can be free from suffering and have eternal life. That we can have eternal life from the moment we put our faith in Jesus beyond death into eternity. Maybe what you need tonight is to know that God loves you so much that there wasn't anything that Jesus wasn't willing to suffer in order to reach out to you and to express to you the kind of love that this God has for you. The scripture says that love is defined by Jesus giving up his life for others. And not just those who loved him, but those who hated him. 
And so it's by Jesus' suffering and defining love as giving up his life for the sake of others that we find life by, by receiving our forgiveness and connection to God, but also by teaching us what it is like to live this life well and giving up our lives for the sake of others. I want to invite you to stand as we sing this next song. It's called All Glory Be to Christ. It's a song that I was introduced by a friend of mine a year or so ago. It's a way for us to say, Jesus, you deserve all of our praise and all of our glory for what you have done for us. So would you stand as we sing this next song? Thank 
you all can have a seat. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When Jesus finally died, there was a huge earthquake. And the sky went dark. And the curtain that divided the Holy of Holies in the temple, the place where only the priests could go, and regular people weren't allowed, God's presence was believed to be in there, was torn in two. And the Roman guards, the Roman soldiers who were keeping guard over Jesus, exclaimed to each other, Surely this man had to be the Son of God. From refugee to carpenter to prophet to rabbi to Messiah to king of God's kingdom. In these last two sayings, Jesus tells us, it is finished. Jesus has overcome death. Jesus hasn't just suffered and died. He has defeated the thing that came into existence because of our sin in the world. He has defeated death. He suffered and died even though he didn't have any guilt. He trusted his spirit to the Father. And he gave us the opportunity to live our lives without the fear that death is the end for us. That anyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ can live their lives as free people who are forgiven, who are redeemed, and who have the ability to look past death because they know that their King, their Savior, their Lord, has already defeated that enemy for them. And when people say that Jesus has changed my life, this is partly what they mean. Not only did they have a relationship, an everyday conversational relationship with Jesus that helps lead them and guide them, but even more than that, they know that their life goes on forever with Jesus. And so that even though that we die, we have no fear of death because we know we will be with Jesus forever. Jesus has defeated the enemy of death. So maybe you came in tonight with uh, a need for forgiveness. Maybe you came in tonight experiencing some significant pain. Maybe you came in tonight with a question mark about whether or not God really loves you or having had it been a very long time since you really felt like God loved you. Or maybe you came tonight needing a reminder that this life that we're living right now doesn't end with our death but goes on 
And that gives us courage. And that gives us confidence to do things with our lives today that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do because we trust that our life is hidden with Jesus and we have victory over death because of our faith in him. We have one more song to sing and this last song hints at the fact that we know that the story doesn't end on Friday night. That there will be a Sunday morning and it'll be Easter Sunday morning. And for Mill City Church, we'll be having a sunrise baptism, which we're, we would love to have you over at Elam Church. 6.53 a.m. for you early risers. Sunday is a reality for us and we know that death has been arrested. It has been defeated. And we know that these disciples, even though their hearts were broken, would have unexplainable joy on Sunday morning when they saw the empty tomb and realized that their savior, their king, their friend, their leader was alive. And so we're gonna stand and sing this last song because we know that death doesn't have the final victory. And after that last song in the spirit of Good Friday, we're gonna ask you just to, to leave quietly to consider what Jesus has done for you. Get ready to come back on Sunday and celebrate with us that Jesus is risen. Would you stand and sing this last song? Sing this out. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope with no place to begin your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began And ash was redeemed, only beauty remains And my orphan heart was given a name my morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested, my life began. Let's sing this out. Oh, your grace. Oh, your grace, so free, washes over me. You have made me new, now life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us new, now life begins with you. Released from my chains, I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom, faithfully born. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested and my life began. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new now life begins with you. It's your endless love 
criminal's cross And darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost Go in peace